Hey everyone, before we get started with our podcast, uh, we'd like to thank our friends over at A Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. BJ and Marcus do a good job of describing uh, fantasy football in a Dynasty perspective. So what are you doing? If you're not over there listening to their podcast, what are you doing? I mean, if you want to hear horrible Alabama football takes by BJ and horrible Ole Miss football takes by Marcus, well just head on over there because they're going to have plenty of that. And if they want to talk about how superior my team is, even though they are cheating, go over there and listen as well. The Doomsday Device, they're here to stay. So, anyway, we just want to thank you all for listening, and I hope you go over and check out our friends on their podcast. Give them a like and follow them, and just uh, give them an honest five-star review. Anyway, thanks for listening, and hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome in. This is episode three of the Plowboy Radio Podcast, season two. We've got a jam-packed show here today. We just appreciate all the support as we are continuing to make this podcast. I know we've had a, a pretty lengthy, lengthy hiatus, but we're back and we're going to consistently post episodes. Uh, today's uh, today's show is going to be jam-packed. We've got uh, a Brad rant. I know Bradley's uh, excited to rant again. Uh, <laughs> our main theological topic today is going to be the Trinity. And so if we have time, we may have even go through some memes later on as well. So anyway, uh, I'm here with Bradley. Good morning. I'm here with Derek. Morning. And I'm Ben. Good morning, Ben. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Derek. Anyway, how's everything going with uh, each of you? Derek, uh, how's your week going so far? Good. Busy. It's a busy season for me, but good, I guess. Football team <laughs> had ro- a... Rolling fo- with it. Too. I was about to say, the football team, they had an impressive showing, I would say. Mm, it, it depends on how... <laughs> we get beat 70 to 58. I mean, that's a impressive score, though. I mean, 58 well, points. If you're a defensive coach, it's not. Yeah, it's not. But, I mean, 58 points is pretty impressive. Are you a defensive yeah. coach? No, I'm not. I'm on the offensive side. You shouldn't, you shouldn't care. Well, I do. But <laughs> yeah, he, he just there's, cares. There's like an asterisk beside it. Hey, you scored 58 points, but. Right. You know. How's your week going, Bradley? Pretty good. Been in a class. Uh, so, it's been just sitting there for a while. You look tired. I am. Okay. How many how many cups of coffee have you had today? Yeah. Um. I don't remember how much I put in this one, but I would say, judging by how much is in there now, half. Yeah, I, I think you should post a picture of your coffee cup because every time you take a sip of coffee, I grin and laugh because it's a it's a picture of a uh, prison Mike, 
and it's got is it are those dementors it's got the mentors on it. <laughs> it's got the dementors are flying around i it. did not put that together as being yeah. the dementors. that's the funniest part about it's the dementors <laughs> hey oh. dementors aren't funny they're the scariest thing about prison yeah so uh this uh new couple that's been coming to our church uh-huh uh lance and anna yeah, yeah. they uh they're huge, huge office fans like we are. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're joining the church Sunday. Are they? Oh, yeah. that's gonna be awesome. They're uh, pretty cool too. If you... It's what would be funny if Silas got up there again. You know, like that should be like a normal. <laughs> that should be a normal thing. Is uh, every time someone joins the church, you know, Silas goes up there and greets them uh-huh. midways. Yeah, that's what for the listeners. Uh, somebody wouldn't didn't know. Which I, you know, a lot of I hope a lot of people from our church listen, but. We had a couple, uh, a family join the church, and we had a, a it was Jade, uh, Jade and Miranda, and, and their girls, and uh, Brother Kenny, who's our one of our associate pastors. <laughs> his little son, when they were up here in front of the church, joining the church, was reading the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the covenant. The covenant. That's right. Thank you. And uh, little Silas just walks up beside them like he's part of their family. <laughs> he just comes up. And the best part was, was Jade. He just put his arm around him and he said, "Son," yeah. <laughs> in the middle of it, which was, which was awesome. <laughs> uh, it was it was just one of those. It was funny and cute moments yeah. in the church. But uh, I, I went back to Lance and Anna and I said, uh, "I thought about y'all the other day," and they were like, "You could tell they were they're like, what are you what are you talking about?" I guess we're still trying to. Everybody's trying to get to know each other a little bit, and I said. I seen the uh, the uh, dinner party episode of The Office of the Night and thought about y'all. And, and the first thing, uh, Anna just picked up her hand and she said, you know, all you got to do is just push the TV in and there you go. <laughs> and I just laughed. And um, the first thing I thought of is, well, this is not real white. It's eggshell white. There's a difference. You know, a lot of people hate that episode, but that's one of my favorites. Oh, that's, that's my favorite by far. Like, uh, I always can tell... When it's fixing to be that episode, and I'll be like Brianna, Brianna. Dinner party's your favorite. It's my favorite. I, I wouldn't say my favorite, but it is one of them because it's, it's my just favorite. it's just so ridiculous. I know it's that's the best part about it though. Dwight rolling his <laughs> rolling his R's <laughs> when he's announcing. Well, you need to uh, <laughs> if you've got the DVD set or even on Peacock, you need to watch the uh, additional uh, like scenes to that episode. They're hilarious. To the dinner party. Like, if they had a whole hour to do that one, it would have been gold. Like, some of the stuff that Michael Scott does is just ridiculous and over the top. And, like, there's more scenes around Dwight. You know, him bringing that random woman that was his babysitter. His babysitter. There's more scenes evolved around that that are pretty funny. So, anyway. Oh, wait. I'm thinking of, uh, I was talking about, that. which one is it? I was confused. You're talking about the Dundies? No, no one he's talking about where, uh, uh, where Jim writes Andy's the, writes party the for, book. Yeah, for Robert California. Okay, yeah, I got you. I see <laughs> Robert <laughs> California. <laughs> so that's that's why y'all looked at me funny when I talked about Robert California. Uh, Jim yeah. keeps walking through, and Dwight keeps having to say his he name. He has to announce <laughs> the name. Okay, but yeah. dinner party is where, uh, where that's where Jan and Jan and, and they get into it. And yeah, yeah okay, that's okay. That's the uh, that's my. That's favorite. one of the most awkward ones. Well, to me, that's the funniest one. It is an awkward episode. Snip, snap, snip, snap. Yeah, yeah. snip, snap, snip, snap. That's Jim, Jim steals the CD, and him and Pam listen to it in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, Angela and Andy. 
what does uh, Angela do? She takes, she takes that, his ice cream. She takes her. his ice cream and just sticks it on the door, side of the door. Anyway. If you're new, this is not an office podcast. But we could start one. It could be. So, uh, I have to ask. Derek. So, we were watching wrestling the other night. I was about to ask. Did you know that WWE has signed God on as a wrestler? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was weird. <laughs> Extreme Rules 2021. We all thought it was just a singles match. But lo and behold, it was a handicap match. We thought it was Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns, but in all honesty, it was actually a handicap match between Finn Balor and Roman Reigns and God. To clarify, Finn Balor has a a weird gimmick gimmick where he comes out as the demon and He's like all these supernatural things. And I put air quotes there. Uh, started <laughs> happening during the match. It was the dumbest thing ever. I mean, I was literally like, just sitting there. What like, have I this watched? Is so stupid. Yeah. What have but, I watched? Attitude. But you have to watch it. But you watch it. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's so stupid that you're just you're invested. You got to watch. Invest, yeah. You're you're, you're like, just, how stupid can this go? And and it got it got more stupid. So if you don't under if you haven't heard what happened, um, they're having this match. Roman Reigns, he's the heel, which is the bad guy, and and the demon, of course, is the face, which is kind of interesting. But Roman Reigns has his family, a.k.a. the Usos, they come out, they interrupt the match, they're trying to make it one-sided. Well, they put Finn Balor, they, they act like they've beat Finn Balor, he's laying on the mat, all of a sudden he just goes to shaking, like he's having a seizure. And then all of a sudden, the I believe the lights dimmed to red, and there was some eerie music going on, like demonic music, I guess. And he just gets up. So the guy over the lights was in on this as well. Yeah, like yeah, oh, he, it was, he knew exactly. Everything was staged. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, that, that we're fixing to get to, we're fixing to get to the best and part. And cue the lights. Yeah, and uh, so this happens. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. They get ready to do the finish or whatever, which is the end of the match for those people who don't know wrestling lingo. Finn Balor gets up on the top rope and he does like this. He, he gets ready to do the, the coup de raw. and yeah. he stomps their chest as he's finishing move. Yeah. So he gets up there on the top rope, and the lights flash, and the top rope breaks, and then the match is over with. Yeah, the lights go back to normal. Roman he, Reigns pins him, spears him, pins him, and he gets up and he points up to the sky like God helped him, like God broke, like God broke the ropes. And the uh, and the announcing team was like, "What just happened? Like something just happened?" You know, they this, were like insinuating, and then of course when Roman does, this isn't the first time. WWE's done something like this. This ain't the first time God has appeared in is WWE. It, is, is that a ratings thing, kind of? Uh, oh yeah, like I it doesn't. Because it anyway. here, listen, it's not. It doesn't matter about the content. It's about the headlines with Vince at yeah. this point. Well, I remember one time when I was. Uh, it was like during the summer, and I was little, and and I was uh, had to stay the day with my mama Pootsie, which <laughs> don't. That's what we called her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was watching Days of Our Lives because she only had channels like four and nine. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, on days of our lives during the summer, I'm bored to death, and this woman, this woman on days of our lives, all of a sudden is demon possessed, and it messed me up, like for one. Yeah, time. but it was just a ratings thing, I think, on days of our lives. They do. Uh, I know in the wrestling biz, especially with WWE, they do random stuff like this when they're uh, 
when they're in need of ratings, especially yeah. when they're getting whooped right now in the uh, wrestling department. I would so say. So, who, who, which wrestler is the guy that pointed up? Roman the, Reigns. Yeah, and he's the bad guy. He's the heel, too. Okay. So, God is actually uh, with the heels. Did he send his money to Kenneth Copeland? He, he might have. Possibly Prior did. To the match. Look at this. I mean, this is a professional have. segue. But there <laughs> here. So, uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, like, let's just talk, quit talking yeah, about wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, segue away from where you're wrestling and let's talk about the Brad Rant. So, uh, let me get that situated. And we're fixing to go ahead and do the Brad Rant. This is the Brad Rant. Also, don't call him Brad. Welcome to the Brad Rant. You you love that drop. Yeah, it always <laughs> makes me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> so go ahead. It gets me out of the mood to yeah. be rude and <laughs> disrespectful to people. <laughs> it gets you in the mood or out of the out mood? Out of the mood. <laughs> Um. All right. So everybody missed the first part that we tried to record where my mic wasn't on. Uh, so, but we talked about a little bit about what we we're going to do today, and what we're going to talk today about is Kenneth Copeland. If you don't know who that is, he's a Word of Faith minister. Uh, you can just type him in on YouTube. Type in Private Jet, and you'll find one yeah. of probably one of the best. Instances in which he basically He's acts stupid. like himself and shows his true colors. Um, but I was looking this this episode kind of got thrown together last minute because I was busy all week and couldn't do the show doc. Uh, and I just was like, I want to have something rant about in the faith that we you know that affects the faith that we, that I can rant about. So I typed in. Uh, Christian headlines on Google, and this was the first thing that popped up. Wow. So that's okay. what we're going to talk about. Oh, that's all the fire you needed, right? Uh, you know, as these Word of Faith guys would say, God told me to talk about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, uh, I'm just kidding. Like, did he? Did he? Did he inform you about Roman Reigns while he's at it? No. Okay. 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 Sorry. <laughs> so I typed this in, and it comes up uh, to ChristianHeadlines.com. I don't know what the you know if that's a good side or not yeah but right. this is how i got started on on researching this little topic here and the title of this article is we can speed up jesus's return by giving money to tv ministry jesse Duplantis says so i type in the title of their little tv thing which is victory thon uh and it's kenneth copeland ministries putting this on and basically what he's trying what his goal is is to raise up enough money so that you can get the gospel out all over the world so that Jesus will come back. And It's very biblical. So I start watching this Facebook thing that uh, that they posted with it, and it's on whatever. I don't know any, anything about who Jesse DePlantis is or not, but just from hearing what he said about Kenneth Copeland, I can go ahead and tell you that whatever he says from the pulpit is garbage uh, because he believes that Kenneth Copeland is the greatest minister to ever live, the greatest contributor to the faith to ever live. Or the greatest model of 
taking advantage of people for money. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what he's saying. Yeah. Is is Kenneth Copeland has it figured out? Okay, yeah. if you want to know how to how to get uh, your bank account loaded, how to have private jets and live in a mansion, you need to follow Kenneth Copeland's model. Which is what they're. Which uh, is what after, they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So and they're just they're just talking about how in this Facebook thing, man, they're just. They're asking Kenneth Copeland about all these things, how he how he got into ministry and all this stuff, and uh, you know he just is talking about how uh, he was poor at one time and and at a poor church, and the pastor's like, "Hey, we're we're setting you up in a parsonage tonight. I mean, we're getting it tonight. All this money God told me that the money's coming in tonight and it's gonna start with me." So he gives this paycheck of fifty dollars a week to the offering that he started and then he says he get he gets a knock on the door at four o'clock and this farmer comes up and he's dug up four hundred dollars out of his front yard and he gives it to him and says that he uh feels like he's not going to have a harvest and be able to pay his bills and he's going to lose his farm if he doesn't give that money that he had stashed away in his front yard so it's just this whole mindset that that you have to give to be loved by god almost like uh and kenneth copeland even said that uh, he got obsessed with this uh, you reap what you sow thing. So he asked this pastor, if I make $400 a week and I give 380 of it, um, is is basically, is God going to bless me more? And the guy's like, well, I don't think God requires that of people. You know, you have to have enough to live on. And he's like, I'm not asking you what I have to have to live on. I'm asking you, can I get more blessings if I give more money? So you already begin before he even has money, he's already got this money hunger uh and now it shows in his ministries uh where he'll he'll say that you know he he might not outright say this to people but if you don't give god doesn't love you if you don't give to my ministry god doesn't love you and that's pretty much what he puts out there and it's got to be my ministry <laughs> yeah and it's got to be his ministry and any any of these guys it has to be their ministry but it just, you know, the fact that he says that if you will give to his ministry, the speed of, the speed of Christ's return will be moved up. You know, it will, it will, it will happen faster. Christ will return if you give more money. Uh, and I, I put on the show doc just some things to just to discuss here about it. Uh, it just shows you the ego that these guys have that they think that, you know. I can tell these people whatever I want to, and they're going to do it because they're so con- they're so intent on believing that if they do a certain thing that I tell them to, God's going to love them more. Uh, and their faith is solely based off that because they're so they have diluted their thinking so much that that's how they look at it. It's like these these uh, faith healers and stuff. You know, they believe that you know if they give money. Uh, their sickness is going to go away because that's what these people who are predators basically are telling them. And I don't know, it just might, it makes me sick to my stomach uh, just to think about it because it's, I think it's just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it's, it's craps what it is. Uh, but that it, it amazes me and I, I share your irritation uh, when it, in, in this regard to all these still of it, I mean all of them to me there's there's uh, there's none of them good 
Uh, I mean, it's just this whole base. It, it, we see such depravity there. I guess they're they're willing to say or do whatever, whatever, to 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 build up the funds in their ministry, mm-hmm. which they have personal access to. I heard Jesse the this one time. He's a Cajun dude, I, I think. If I yeah, he's from Louisiana. And uh, and he said, "Only thing, only the only thing I've ever heard this man say." Uh, and and I heard him say he's like all in, in like I don't I don't even want to call it a pulpit. Uh, standing before his people, he said that all the women there want to get with him because he's rich. And he said, and I'm t- and I said I turned it because I got so aggravated. But the, but but in their view of the world and whatever, if you want to call it faith, whatever, you know, all is fine if if all the money comes in because that's a sign of God's favor. Yeah. So they can do, they think they can do whatever. And it's just, it's so terrible. It is absolutely terrible. They're charlatans. Yeah. They uh, they just, you know, they're just predators that are that have an outlet. Yeah. That's what it is. Taking and, advantage of people. You know. That man. That, mm. The fact that, I mean, the fact that he would say something like what you just said from the pulpit, that everybody's, basically all the women in the church want to get with him because he's rich, mm-hmm. shows how he views himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean... It's pretty bad. You know, we can't we can't read the minds of everybody, but uh, m- Christian wives want to be with their husband. I mean, they're not they're mm-hmm. not coming to church because because yeah. of that. I mean, uh, but I mean that's a different topic. But anyways, but uh, it's like you said what what they there's people influenced by that because these people with their big money and their and and they their faces are out there, their names are out there. And their 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 crap, as you said, which I agree, I like that that they put out. You know, people confuse that with you know biblical faith, and that's yeah. just it's. I mean, it's almost the opposite. I mean, it, it's just it's so terrible. And I know when we were in Africa uh, a couple of years ago, uh, it's widely yeah, it's all over the, the place. There are billboards in like in the. Before you get out there, is on a billboard, I think. Yeah, to where we go, which is very, just, it's way out there. Uh, You know, in the more, I guess you would say, urbanized areas, uh, where we go in in uh, toward Nairobi, Mm -hmm. I guess, uh, you can start to see billboards and stuff, and of these people who are, you know, even doing the same thing there, and those people don't have any money. Well, Well, that's that's the point. That's where this works is among among low income. Yeah, because there's so much poverty there. And this gets and, us to the next point, which yeah. you go ahead and talk about uh, that it's doing harm. Yeah. To Just, to not only the faith, but to people who are actually spreading the yeah, gospel. Yeah, exactly. And so it's designed. You have to understand, it's designed to take care of of the poor, uh, for lack of a better term. That's 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 where it works. That's who they target, because. They have to appeal to those people who want to get rich yeah. themselves, who who are you know tired of making that's a, that's a paycheck. A really, that's a really good point. Yeah, and, and so that's right. Well, that's why we see it, like in Nairobi, man. We, that, which all of us have been there. You know, have y'all seen Kibera? Have y'all ever seen? Y'all remember seeing that? One of the biggest slums in the oh, world. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember man. that. And so that's why you see this because these guys come in, and and they. They say one thing they say is, "Look at me, I'm rich, and because I've done this, you know, I've 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 sown the seeds and stuff like that, 
and they're just, hey, give me that last dollar. I, I, I was telling Bradley this morning when we come in that I heard one one time. Uh, just to, like I used to turn the TV on to that just out of curiosity and see if it was as terrible as, as, as what I thought it was. And I heard one say one time, he's just in this passionate appeal, and he says, hey, if you're down – he actually said – this is how he said it. He's, I think he said, uh, hey, you single mother, if you're down to your last dollar – send it in he said and 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 god's going to do this that and the other and i was like oh man and that's the definition of a predator you pray on they prey on people who are vulnerable i mean it goes the same it goes it's the same as anything else that you would associate that word with they're preying on vulnerable people who are in desperate need of something and then they hear on tv if you give your your last dollar god will multiply what you get and you'll be able to you'll be able to have more you'll be able to do more and and then you'll be able to give more um and and you know there's it's, it's they're ruining people's lives back to kenneth copeland per Which, se like it, a and as you do that yeah have you ever heard of kenneth copeland giving himself giving anything to well, help anybody that's the thing i i remember i guess i vaguely remember him before i started to become to church here but i remember uh, I, I believe you might have been talking about these these faith healers and uh, these TV evangelists, and uh, I think I overheard maybe Marcus or somebody talking about, hey, YouTube Kenneth Copeland and watch the video of him doing the interview with the, uh, you know, it's like I guess it was a national news company or whatnot, but it was about the planes. I guess that's the more. Yeah, they'd ask you. Oh, yeah. and, that's uh, one of the one And, of the and, most and I remember, I'm like, yeah, I've seen that before. And I and I recalled it, but I remember, I guess it's after you've, I don't know, I guess God has opened, opened my eyes at that point to that kind of evil and like, even when you look at this man, he just... It just gives. He just has bad vibes. I mean, can, it's can just. Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, usually, you want to avoid what's called an ad hominem argument, where you say such and such. So this dude has a bad characteristic, therefore he must be wrong. Right, yeah. Like you're ugly, so your argument's wrong. You know, that's, I, I that's an ad that. And I understand that. You you avoid that because it has no credibility. But with Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> yeah, like it has is, credibility. There is visibly something wrong with this guy. Well, I mean, even, like he is like he's talking about the things of his faith with a real weird evil look yes. to him. And it looks like you said, Bradley, before we even recorded it, demonic. It looks evil. Like his eyes even I mean, you can read a lot about a person by how their eyes look, in my opinion, and his eyes are just like what is wrong with well, this here's, man? Yeah, if, if I can describe that, go ahead. When I, which I've only, only mainly just seen like little clips and stuff, but it's like he'll get this angry mm-hmm. look, and then it's like he'll it'll he, he'll he'll realize his angry look, and, and then the most creepy smile will come cut across his face. It will, yeah. You're oh, right. Oh my goodness. I mean, he he would be a really good villain in a movie, just with those mannerisms, because that. I mean, it's it looks is, it, it is. looks kind of psychotic. He's a villain. You, and, I, mean, uh, I mean, yeah, to the church, absolutely. He's mm-hmm. the you know those type of pastors and evangelists and whatnot. But anyway, and, uh, it's, and it's such a lack of biblical. It's a lack of a of a confessional church 
It's a lack of any biblical teaching in these people's lives that they send fools like this money. Yep. Um, and that's that's sad. And if you and if you wonder why we we talk about being confessional so so often, it's mm-hmm. because it keeps you rooted and grounded in the scriptures, so that you don't fall victim keeps you to this kind of stuff. Like this. Yep. Yeah. If you have something that that holds you in the foundation of scripture, which is what the confession does, it holds you in scripture, um, helps you be able to understand it and and process it a little bit better. Uh, and we're not saying that the confession is the word of God. We're saying that it holds you in it. It keeps you true to the message of scripture. And uh, I noticed on your sh- on our show doc, Bradley posted some memes. <laughs> I was just going to read some of the quotes that he has put on here from Kenneth Copeland. He says, "You like my pretty suit? You should. You bought it." And he's got the creepy smile. And then uh, it's just. I think I posted on. The... And there's one that says, "I need a private jet," and he's pointing. I mean, that's. I guess that's probably the most famous interview he's known for. I mean, if you if you haven't seen that interview on YouTube, go watch it. I mean, he's yeah. dodging he's dodging these really really important questions that. Uh, okay, okay, I'm gonna say something. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Local pastors like to display their ministerial achievements by building buildings. Oh, that's, there's no doubt. Televangelists, like all the other televangelists, to know where they're at in their ministry by buying private jets. Yeah. yeah. And how big their mansion is. Yeah. Neither care how much it costs the people. No, no, it's more about them. That, that wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was edgy. I was trying to be edgy. Yeah. You, know. you come off edgy. Really? Yeah. You. Okay, good. Yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> Well, Brad, don't call him Brad. I'm finished. You're finished? We can talk about other things that are more pleasant now. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we're sitting at 29 minutes. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a little bit of a break here, and uh, we'll be right back with our main topic, the Trinity, which will be very, very deep. I know Brad, I know Derek's over here. He's just getting his head. He's bobbing his head like, okay, yeah, it's time. It's time. So, anyway, thanks, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. We got coffee. We're loaded up. We're ready to talk about the Trinity. So, let's go ahead and define the Trinity. Bradley, do you... uh, do you mind giving us like a, a basic definition of the Trinity? Uh, yeah, we can. I mean, I could read from the confession, I guess, but it's open here. But uh, the Trinity is uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, we believe in one. I'm just going to read the confession here so yeah, I don't go butcher ahead. it. Uh, paragraph one, the, the Lord our God is but one is but one only living and true God whose subsistence is in and of himself, infinite in being and perfection, whose essence cannot be comprehended by any but himself, a most pure spirit, indivisible, without body parts or passions, who uh, has immortality, 
uh, dwelling in the light that which no man can approach unto, who is immutable, uh, immense, eternal, incomprehensible, almighty, every way infinite, most holy, most wise, most free, most absolute, working all things according to the counsel of his own immutable will and uh, most righteous will. Uh, so we could read the rest of that, but if you go down to paragraph 3, in this divine uh, and infinite being, there are three subsistences, the Father, the Word, or the Son, and the Holy Spirit of one substance, power, and eternity, each having eternity, each having a whole divine essence, yet the essence undivided. Uh, so we can we can stop there because we'll pro- talk about the rest of it. But yeah, uh, we understand the Trinity as, and what you would hear from pretty much anyone who had any knowledge as the Godhead, uh, mm. Father, Son, Spirit. Yeah. So God in one being having three distinct persons: persons. Uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, as Christians, we would have to affirm the Trinity, but Derek, that's not always the case, is it? No, it's it's, it's not. Sadly, and uh, historically, as we'll see, and we you know later on that there's been a lot of uh, errors made. Um, I mean, I would say uh, probably the most common error made in in the church uh, out you know which there's well I would, that may be an overgeneralization because there's a ton having to do with soteriology, uh, but. Even most of your, I would say most of your um, Bible-believing, church-going Christians do not have a healthy concept of of the Trinity. Uh, and we'll get to eternal generation and things here shortly, and most people have uh, a misunderstanding of that. But it's it's so huge because this is the God we, we worship, you know, and everything flows from the doctrine of the Trinity, everything, uh, and and. It's how we view salvation and things like that. It all flows from that. So that we, that's one of those things we must get right. Um, yeah, one of my favorite things that the 1689 says is that last statement in it, which which doctrine of the Trinity is the foundation of all our uh, communion mm-hmm. with God and comfortable dependence uh, on Him. Uh, so that they sum it up, the importance of it up in that last statement. Yeah, and, and that's right. And and, and as we, we look at that, um, you know, this is something. And, and we have to place value on those who've come before us when we think of in church history. We think of, uh, you know, Athanasius and and that whole Arian controversy. And we think of, uh, uh, which uh, they say that, you know, they don't really know if it was Athanasius that wrote it, but the Athanasian Creed and the uh, Chalcedon Creed, uh, things like that. Uh, Nicaea, the Council of Nicaea, you know, we, uh, the the 1689 is Nicaean, um, which means that they adopt language that that come to be, now some people may balk at this, that, that language that we, does not come from scripture, but yet that does not mean it's not biblical. What it, what it is is that the church was having to think through this, and they did, um, and, and 1689 preserves those things, and it's such things as as it says there, you know, of one substance, but three subsistences, you know, and that's uh, a lot of people get confused in that. But what we see in the Trinity, and in, in, in it's not a, there's not a division of, of parts and things like that. God is simple. Sim- God's simplicity is huge. But what we see is that one substance, one being, one God, and, and 
the best way for us to explain that, and I, we do it all the time, is that God is not a human being. Yeah. You know, he... There's, so, there's a distinct... Yeah. Distinction. A distinct distinction, yeah, I guess. Oh, look at that. Ooh, fancy. Uh, between uh, being and person. Exactly. Right. The the one being that that is God, revealed in Scripture, um, that one... Uh, he it, it's, it's three uh, persons, and they're distinct. These persons are distinct. Um from uh, one another, but yet it's not. We don't worship three gods. Um, yeah, and when we say distinct persons, we we need to clarify that they're all eternal and co-equal, co-equal, mm-hmm. and all that. Because uh, we don't want to we don't want to make you we don't want to put into the into it that there's a hierarchy in there, like right, uh, and and. A di- like a division of powers, so to and, speak, and a lot of, and a lot of, basically, what Bradley is going to is some, I guess, uh, people's theology about the the Trinity would have an order where the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. There's a, like a distinct hierarchy or order. Yeah, which and, we'll, we'll and, talk about it in just a little bit uh, yeah. when we get to heresies. But Ben, yeah. <laughs> Ben's alluding to a, a very important distinction that we need mm-hmm. to make. Yeah, and I, I don't know if that's where you were alluding to, but and, yeah. yeah. And, and one thing right here, guys, is that people that are listening to us that hadn't been listening to this conversation could possibly right now be be like, "Oh man, uh, you know, I've always thought that there was, uh, you know, the Father was greater than all." And, and we, we've got mm-hmm. to. There's a lot to explain. There. In, in, in a yeah. humanistic sense, we would say like, "My Father is, you know, at one point a superior being than the Son." Yeah. In in, in a humanistic sense, but that's. Like Derek's alluding to, yeah. that's not what the scripture is teaching in this. Yeah. In this point, well, you, you that's, that's one. That's mistake number one. Absolutely, you cannot project human right. uh-huh. generation and filiation, mm-hmm. which is uh, has to do with you're describing a yeah. you're describing a God. You're, yeah, you're you cannot the project God that right. into the imminent Trinity. The all right, the, there's a lot of things that have to be uh, defined. All right, so you have different angles, uh, if we say that, to look or at the Trinity. Or perspectives, I guess. You have the, the what they call the imminent Trinity, which is God in and of himself, irrespective of anything that God's ever done. This is who he is. And then you have what they what some call the economic Trinity, which is, okay, this is God working out in salvation history. Right. And, and so when we just deal with, uh, we of course, when we see God working in the economic trinity, uh, we think that in the incarnation and in the ministry of Jesus, the trinity is revealed. That is God revealing who he's always been, okay? Uh, but one thing is, and a mistake that people make, is that they conflate things Jesus says as the incarnate Christ with, okay, well, this must be how it has been in eternity past before creation. That is a mistake. You cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they're, they're, they're Jesus equating the story yeah. with his being in that yeah. sense, and, and 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 so and that's a common yeah. that's a common problem in our church culture, like you're like you're alluding to. And Bradley, were yeah. you going to say something as you as you drink your prison mite coffee? You're good. Go ahead. You said okay. Uh, and so we would, you know, we, we've just kind of briefly overviewed the the idea the the uh, theology of the Trinity. Um, what could you could could either one of you explain like modalism and how people may have this view that man it's been around in church history for for decades and years and yeah so modalism is uh, kind of it's 
I think a lot of people projected on us, uh, on Christians, uh, a lot of people who are arguing against the Trinity, but uh, there's also people who actually believe this. But basically, uh, modalism says that God throughout time has used has played different roles. So basically, you would say it like this, the, the, he plays the father, and then he puts on another mask, and he plays the son, and then he puts on another mask and plays the Holy Spirit, and basically they, they look at this through different time periods in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Old Testament, he's playing the Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Testament comes, Jesus comes, and he plays the Son. And then Jesus ascends to heaven, and he plays the Spirit. Um, and, and uh, you know, this denies the historical view of the Trinity mm-hmm. and uh, shows us that uh, it, it goes against what we're saying here and what the what the 1689 says and what we've said this whole time uh, that that God is three distinct persons, one being three distinct persons, co-equal, co-eternal, uh, and modalism would take that completely out and say no, God is is one being, yet according to what time period it is, he play, he interacts with us in yeah. a different manner and it, with and a different it, mask and on. essentially it says God is changing and evolving into yeah. something where he's changed into the son mm-hmm. from the father. Mm-hmm. And, and it takes out the immutability. And, and, and that's we're not saying that's yeah. biblical. We're it, saying this is yeah. heresy. Essentially, just so it's so that's out there. It's like, just like you said, you know, think of the word mode, which is, you know, God's. But they essentially modalism is belief that God is one being and one who's one person. I mean, it's the one person who takes on these different modes right. at different, uh, whether you want to use the word dispensation or times or whatever, mm-hmm. just as Bradley said. So. And, and, and Derek made a good point earlier. Uh, God is revealing to us his His creatures, his creation, his different, or, you know, his different persons. Mm-hmm. However, from eternity past, it's always been yeah. Father, Son, well, and Holy Spirit, yeah. co-equal, co-eternal, and that aspect we're not saying that just because how he's revealed himself in scripture that it's always been a different mode or a different person or if they're evolving that's not that's heresy in that in that Mm -hmm. aspect and modalism really has no answer for you know when you see jesus in the old testament i mean Mm -hmm. you know they're other than saying that Mm -hmm. you know just god's just playing a different role at that time and and Uh, we're, we're discussing this and uh as we're discussing this who what other doctrines or faith or religions would be really opposed to the trinity that you could think of right off the top of your head you know like jehovah's Islam Jehovah's opposed to it yeah jehovah's witness is one of the ones that are yeah are extremely and that are are local they're more arian uh, yeah and And we're going to talk about i'm Derek's going to talk about arianism because i modalism is one of the ones that i really know about because it's Mm -hmm. you know yeah and you know, I've had people. Pentecostalism kinda, is modalist. Yeah, widely. and yeah, there's some Trinitarian. A lot of, but not mm-hmm. not many. There's a there's a good bit of on right. my wife's side of the family. Her her stepmother and stuff. They're Pentecostal, so mm-hmm. you know dealt with that some. Well, well that's a, just before we move on. You know, as we that's a that's an important principle that we understand that what we see in the New Testament, it either is or isn't something. It mm-hmm. either is a a revelation in and of itself of what God has always been, or it is a a, a revelation of something God has never been. And they all think, mm-hmm. well, okay, well that 
Of course, mm-hmm. that's. But you got to think about that. Mm-hmm. God is. He's not going to reveal Himself in a way that He's never been. Right. You know, he, He's not going to. We're not. We can't look at the gospel itself and say, "Oh, yeah, but that's not an accurate, accurate picture of who God is." No, it is, mm-hmm. uh, which has a lot of implications. It's you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, which we we can talk, I hope we get to talk about. Yeah, the, re- the reason I brought but, the, but that. Yeah, go ahead. The reason it is, you know, it is the sent son. He was a son yes. before he was mm-hmm. sent. Some people think, well, you know, he's the son of God. <laughs> Stephen Anderson. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's just, one of that's one Bradley's up on my favorites. YouTube videos. That crazy dude. <laughs> he like preaches a sermon. He's like, this is how Jesus is the Son of God, and, and he go and he places it all on the incarnation. Yeah, but mm. that's not it. You know, it says in Isaiah, you know, unto us a, a, a child is born, unto us a son is given. God sent His only begotten Son into the world. He didn't come the Son he didn't by gener- coming. He into didn't the generate world. in the world yeah. in that, in that right. instance. Yeah. He was sent. And so, yeah, that's a good distinction. And and one of the reasons why I brought up these these religions and faiths that are opposed to the Trinity is that they are local. Uh, you've got Jehovah's Witness who who oppose the Trinity. You've got Mormonism. Mormon. Mormonism is is more than polythe. They're polytheistic. Yeah, they yeah. They're, they very they very much are so uh, like you said there even Islamic uh, religion is very very opposed to the Trinity so if you if you encounter somebody and and, and they and they state what faith and stuff you can have an understanding of what their their view of God is in that aspect so uh, as we turn this this topic or the direction of this topic uh, you, do you want to go into Arianism uh, yeah briefly yeah, we need or, to and, yeah well there we go we'll, we'll we'll knock out. Subordinationism, we talk about it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but Arianism uh, was an ancient heresy. When you're talking about when you get to the uh, 300s and really developing through the 300s AD, um, Arianism was the belief that Jesus is a, uh, a created being. Uh, he is uh, something that is less than, than God, um, of course. And uh, it really took, took root, you know, early on. There was a time in Alexandria... Uh, in Egypt, where you know you had people marching in the streets, say chanting, there was a time he was not. You know, talking about Jesus being a created being that mm-hmm. is much different, you know, than um, than the Father. He's a, he's mm-hmm. created by the Father, mm-hmm. um, and, and things like that. So they would see Arianism. Would, Arianists would would see. And it, I have to explain this when I tried to explain this to my kids. I would say Arian. You're like, ain't that the Hitler people? It's spelled differently. Yeah, <laughs> it's, spelled, yeah. it's spelled different. I know uh, when you first started teaching that, I yeah. thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about my history class. It's that's like, what my kids said yeah. that every time. Well, that's cool that your 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 kids know that. Yeah, about history. But go, <laughs> this is completely different than Hitler's. <laughs> <laughs> it's not those guys. They're yeah, yeah. Both bad. Both bad. Bo- yeah, both uh, bad. Uh, so yeah, but, keep but, going. But that's that's the sense of it. You know, they were. Um, Highly, uh, therefore, because Jesus is a created being, therefore he's so. Therefore, he has to be fully subordinate. Yeah. Therefore, know. there's a hierarchy, like we alluded to earlier. Yeah. But, that <clears throat> that in their view, the Father is supreme. Yeah. And the and the Son is a created yeah, what, being, and the Holy Spirit is even. What is even the Holy Spirit in in their view? Uh, well, that's what I'm not absolutely 100 yeah. percent sure. I know. I can't, like I can't remember. Modern Jehovah's Witness would say that it's its presence, God's presence, which. Yeah, well, that they, goes they say against, it's a force, yeah, like, like an impersonal like, force. Like, a, you know, me and Bradley are real big fans of Star Wars. They would say it's the force. Mm-hmm. So, oh, are you, don't, uh, 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 
yeah, he he force choked me there. Bradley did. So uh, anyway, they 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 basically essentially uh, discredit the person of the Holy Spirit point blankly. I mean, it's yeah. we yeah. we know through Scripture that you know the Holy Spirit is a person. It's you know it it goes back even to Genesis uh, chapter three, correct? When or is it Genesis chapter three or two two when they create the the world, you one, know, chapter yeah, one, chapter, chapter one, verse one. three. Oh man, I'm getting all Spirit messed up. Hovering yeah, over. Yeah, I guess chapter three is creation of man, ain't it? But uh, chapter two, two, chapter. Well, two. both, both. Yeah, really, yeah. But Sorry three for the chapter uh, three is the fall. Yeah, chapter three is the fall. Sorry for that miss. For that problem, but yeah. Anyway, uh, where where do you want to go next? Uh, well, uh, I think we can start talking about eternal generation, yeah. <laughs> and we'll get to some. I get excited about this topic. Yeah, like um, if if you don't have. Anything to do on a Wednesday night, or I guess it's Sunday. Where, where are you going Wednesday. into Wednesday? Is it Wednesday? But right now we're still well, going in. Yeah. Well, that was we moved past that because I know uh, I know you're working on a study yeah. eventually for this. So, well, uh, I'm writing on it. You're writing right. on it. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, if in, in, in paragraph three of uh, chapter two of the 1689, uh, it's where Bradley had had left off there in in, in moving ahead. The confession begins to, and there's a special word here that I need to point out. After it talks about, you know, the the one substance, the three subsistences, uh, it goes on. The confession reads: The Father is of none, neither begotten nor proceeding. The Son is eternally begotten of the Father. The Holy Spirit proceeding from the Father and the Son, and then it talks about all infinite without beginning and all these things. But it's that word eternally. The Son is eternally begotten. So what we're talking about is a begottenness that is not referring to the incarnation. It's a begottenness that has to do uh, with uh, uh, God, the imminent trinity, God in himself, as he's always been, that Jesus is, he's always been the son. A son is begotten of the father. The term here is the relation of uh, the origin of these relations. Where did it begin when the father was the father, the son was the son? And, and that, mm-hmm. uh, what you, you know, that that's the question. Uh, yeah. Uh, those, those relationships, how has it always been like that? And how did it, how did it begin and all these things? And well, it had no beginning. You see, yes, we, I, I affirm the eternal generation of Jesus and that the personhood of the son comes forth from the father now don't you can't get all panicky about that mm-hmm. because it is as they, it says in the ancient creeds that he is god from god light from light i'm not saying that he had a beginning mm-hmm. that's not what we're arguing mm-hmm. see if you say if you just use like uh, if you try to parallel it to human generation a father brings a son into existence that's not mm-hmm. what we're saying you can't make that parallel mm-hmm. but there is a way that he is the son from the father yet it is there wasn't a beginning to it it's eternal uh, generation and in saying that we we have to safeguard that as well by saying that even though there is eternal generation uh that which uh, is generated, or the, is, it's always been, it's an eternal thing, but the Son is the fullness of God himself. Mm-hmm. And so that he's really co- gets... He's co-equal <clears throat> in that aspect. Yes. But, you know, the, a big problem now among very well-respected scholars is subordinationism. 
that they would say they would deduce from that okay well back any even in eternity past the son is he has to be subordinate to the father and well, that's not what we're saying no and that runs into big problems mm-hmm. okay you say well what's the problem if we say in eternity past we have uh, God the Son subordinate to the... Well, subordination requires uh, a division of wills. Uh, what is subordination but the yielding of one will to another? And so in eternity past, if you have, uh, well, the Father has this will and then the Son has this will, well, you're dangerously close to tritheism. You're dangerously close to three gods willing against one another. Mm-hmm. Or polytheism. Well, it wouldn't be polytheism. It's just try. It's just try. Yeah. Okay. And and so, subordinationism. I just we can't go there. But though many do. I mean, Grudem, Wayne Grudem, Bruce Ware. uh, These are respected theologians. Even Sam Waldron, just a touch. Yeah. Um, In which I I like Dr. Waldron. Mm -hmm. However, you know, we have to see that that is a dangerous thing because it is it is almost throwing out the doctrine of God's simplicity, that God is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is not a component of parts. He is simple. Uh, one will, and, and, and we see that one will worked out. Is, is, is the problem that lies there, the story of Scripture, of how the Son is obedient through uh, in his role of Adam, is that where exactly. a lot of That's the, where the conflation comes is in. Is that where mm-hmm. the misconception comes in yeah. to them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, see, but there's an aspect of that where... Jesus, what we would say is Jesus is God, and he's obedient as man to mm-hmm. fulfill the covenant yeah. um, so learned. that he could make propitiation for our sins, right. so that he could make an atonement for us. Right. So what basically, if you look at uh, subordinationism, they take that obedience as man. See, we have to affirm that Jesus is truly God, truly man. Mm-hmm. Uh, R.C. Sproul used to say, uh, you know, very God, very man, uh, so that, you know, you would get to that point where you understand that he is completely God and completely man. And in that, in coming to earth to fulfill his role as the new Adam, he has to be obedient to the Father, Um as man mm-hmm. to fulfill the role that he came to fulfill. That's part of the, the covenant in that That aspect. doesn't change. It's a covenant requirement that, that right. needs to be filled in that aspect. But that doesn't change. That doesn't change his godness. Like, yeah, exactly and, what and Eric was going And the role, mm-hmm. uh, his, you know, his um, stance in the Trinity where he is eternally co-equal, co-eternal. Um, and, you know, we get to eternal generation in that fact that that mm-hmm. – there was no time period when he became son. He has always been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and God has always existed and as Father, Son, and, yes, and Holy it, Spirit. There was never a time when that wasn't so. Um, but, but what we're trying to do is respect that biblical language of begottenness. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even though it is somewhat mysterious. And, mm-hmm. and I taught our Wednesday night class this. I love it. I, I think it's the Athanasian Creed. It says that he is a light from light. And like, and I use the example... Of a of a flashlight, you know, as soon as you have the flashlight, you have at that exact moment the actual light that emanates from it, you know. Yeah. And, and so you have them. You don't have one and then the other. You have them. Boom, they're there. 
And it's, it's a Nicene Creed. It says, yeah, And the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very man, uh, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father mm-hmm. by whom all things were made. Um, so like what Derek was just talking about. You think, uh, one thing I can think about is I have, uh, they issued us a, a stream light, and it's like a, a, it's a pretty big light, but you hit that thing and it's so bright that it basically lights up whatever is in front of you for like 200, 200 yards. I mean, it's an awesome light. And you have to think about that light source is there. It doesn't change the fact that what's coming out of the glass outside that flashlight is light as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And it ex- – sorry, hit my mic. It no, expands no, talking with my hands for whatever mm-hmm. reason. You can't see me, but mm-hmm. uh, me and Derek can. Uh, so that light projects. I didn't even know you hit the mic. I didn't even and, see the sound on here, so you're fine. And uh, it's what you were saying a while ago. Yeah. That's the mistake that, like, Wayne Grudem and these guys make is that they'll take these comments that have to do with Jesus as the new Adam, as as the incarnate Christ, mm-hmm. and they will take that and they will apply it to the imminent trinity. Like, right. to, mm-hmm. And that's a mistake. That, that That's a mistake yeah. to do that. And, and in saying that, you know, they might say, like, um, the light source is the main light and then what comes out of the glass is, is secondary is secondary but here, light. here's here's actually what they're doing and what a lot of people don't see is these guys are huge complementarians and they want to take and they and they they'll use ephesians 5 and things to get here um but they want to say like take the relationship of a man and a woman and they will say uh, and use their complementarianism and say, okay, the woman is the equal to the husband, the wife is, but she's still subordinate, no equal subordinate. And they, they, they're starting, a lot of them are starting there and then projecting back into the Trinity and saying, see, oh, Jesus wow. is equal but support. support. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, so their, okay. their complementarianism, they use yep. the Trinity as mm-hmm. an example to affirm their, you know, marital uh, wow, I, I was I, I didn't know that. I and, was always and, and so you, I was always thinking marriage was more about how the church is with with Jesus or, or God in that aspect. Yeah, well they're going to use that that wow, argument okay. too. And yeah, that, that's yeah. that's where the I didn't know about the marriage but the, the it's like they're the starting yeah. they want to start way on down the mm-hmm. line and project these things back. And you can't do And that. they should not do yeah. that. Yeah. And again you're taking something that is you have communicable uh doctrines and incommunicable doctrines which basically means you can understand some on our level and you mm-hmm. can't understand some on our level and they're taking a communicable doctrine and, and applying it to mm-hmm. yeah. an incommunicable that's a really doctrine. good way of explaining yeah. it yeah i didn't know that about the marriage mm-hmm. aspect that's pretty and that's what like they've all all these guys that's it's it's very the trinity to them is is all about relations and relation rela- mm-hmm. being re- relational mm-hmm. and all and that's how they uh that's how they go about it um, and and they're just full blown. Uh, they uh, these things. Some of them call it uh, EFS. Some of them say ESS as a short abbreviation or acronym. Uh, re- whether it's the eternal functional subordination or the eternal subordination of the Son, they believe that in the Trinity in eternity past that you know that there is a 
definite hierarchy, order, and their subordination. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a heresy that the early church was, uh, a lot of the church, early church fathers were arguing against Arianism and subordinationism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, right. and some of them land a little too close to one or the other uh, at, at their points. But that, this is a, it's a huge issue, uh, and most people don't know about it. And, you know, uh, it can be confusing, too, and people get caught up in the lingo. But, mm-hmm. you know, if I can state just real quickly. You yeah, know, go ahead. What, you got what, time. You, know, you got a little bit of time. What Scripture says is that for the, God is one being who is three persons. God is, there's never a point in time where God was, was not Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. There is the sense in that the, the Son is generated from the person of the Father, the person of the Son is, and that the person of the Spirit proceeds or spirates from the Father and the Son. And yet, there is no beginning to that. We're not saying that you shouldn't think of human birth and things like that. It's, it, it's always been. It's eternal begottenness. It's mm-hmm. eternal generation. And mm-hmm. it's just to help us. This is the only way we can make a distinction between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's what the doctrine is there for, mm-hmm. to help us make a distinction mm-hmm. between between the three persons. Right. Um, but we're not saying that the Father created the Son, because the confession says, uh, begotten, not made. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we so have to, it's, it's a little mysterious, I understand, but mm-hmm. we and have to be key, precise. That's the key word in the code, in the eternal. Yeah. Eternally. Aspect. Eternally yeah. begotten. And understand, yeah. we barely made a scratch in the surface <laughs> of the doctrine of the Trinity well, do, this do morning. You, do you want to keep going with this with this teaching on the next episode? or Can I? Can I plug a book or something? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Hey, must reads, okay? Matthew Barrett's Simply Trinity. Simply uh, Trinity. Matthew Scott, Barrett's Simply Trinity. Scott Swain, a uh, small little book, less than 100 pages, Introduction to the Trinity. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's another book, and it's written by, I think, Fred Sanders and multiple guys, Retrieving Eternal Generation. Must read those three. Uh, okay. if, if you're interested in this topic. Mm-hmm. Or just read the 1689. Yeah, or just read the confession. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you don't know this, Bradley has a tramp stamp, 1689, on his on his back. <laughs> That's never going to leave you. I hadn't heard that in a while, Bradley. Yeah, I'll say that, and I may be fissing to get 1689. <laughs> you need to get it on a tramp stamp, though. You need it right there above the, no. the belt line on the back. Anyway, uh, I, I guess we're going to go ahead and try to close out this episode. Um uh, next episode, uh, do you want to continue in the doctrine of the Trinity, or do you want to try to go into a different we'll direction? Come back to it in a couple. Episodes. Okay, okay. So we're not really sure what's going to be on the next episode, particularly yet, do we? We're still working out that outline. Still working out it. Yeah. So, but again, just like Bradley mentioned on the last episode, if you have any topics or anything in the scriptures that you want us to talk about, just let us know. You know. Uh, message us, post on our Facebook or Twitter pages, or email us. And uh, the descriptions are, are in the, or the links are in the description in our podcast description. So, anyway, uh, we appreciate uh, you all listening. I hope you got something out of this. Uh, stay away from Kenneth Copeland. That's one of the main things, right? Yes. Any word of faith, people. Any word away. of faith. And Wayne Grudem and Bruce Ware. Stay away from Wayne Gruden and Bruce Ware. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's there's more problems than there. There's than more there problems. Okay. So, anything y'all want to say to close us out? Guess not. We're good then. We're out. Uh, again, honest five star review, like. I would say comment and subscribe, but this ain't YouTube. Yeah. Just, just give us a like. Give us a like and a follow. Yeah, yeah. and uh, share it. You're going to just save the memes and stuff? Yeah, we'll save yeah, that for save another it. episode. We're I just did post time. them on Facebook. So We're just out of If time. you want to see them, you can look. Yeah, we, we posted. Know. How many memes? Did, was it two memes? This one with the dude from The Matrix. It would be worth discussing. Probably. That's Morpheus. <laughs> probably need to mention it anyways because it is in the title. But yeah. it, it, we'll, we'll discuss this topic at a later date, but we'll yeah. say the meme real quick. Uh, Derek sent this one to us and it's a picture of morpheus off the matrix it says what if i told you there are more sea monsters in the bible than baptized infants mm. so we'll just leave that there we'll leave that there for you presbyterians yeah we'll, we'll go ahead and <laughs> just read off the other ones too i guess this can be a meantime of being just a short one but uh do you, do you watch the matrix have you watched it yeah did not, be, not in a, did you not what, in a long time did you see what come out about it it's really ruined it it's really, it really will. The writers of it mean, mean it to be an an analogy of transgenderism. Great. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's my big, that's my biggest gripe about the whole thing. You've watched it. Did you ever get that vibe from it? No. No. That's what just absolutely not. That's what blows my mind, Derek. You've seen the movies. Did was that anything that ever crossed your mind? No. Right? I of course I might have been too hopeful, but looking for. Biblical parallels because you see in the language and you but see it that, is. but that's not what the writers meant by that. Like they, or at they, least that's what they just now, now, yeah, they just now come out saying this stuff because they didn't feel like they could or something. Yeah, the news. When, but if you don't know who wrote the Matrix, it's the Wachowski. They were brothers. Oh, that's pretty funny, Polly Thor. <laughs> <laughs> but they were with the Wachowski brothers, and now they're known as the Wachowski sisters. Oh, yeah, you didn't know that they were interesting. Yeah, they're actually. Uh, yeah. Well, did you know that there's a two, and this could get us, <laughs> could get a strike force or something. But did you know that there's now a two added to LGBTQ? Huh. Yes, it's for um, indigenous people. What really? Of two spirits. Save that for a later date. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Did you? I didn't know there was a two. I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know that either. I know that I was uh, on Sunday nights from teaching our kids. We were teaching them the high schoolers the doctrine of the Trinity, and uh, they were getting bored. So I was like, "Well, let's do something fun." So we did a little study on Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, and so like in that, I used some original like their own writings that I'd read in the past and. And I abbreviated, like, where this comes from, you know, quoting their own doctrines. And one of them is, let God be true, is one of the Jehovah's Witness mm-hmm. publications. But I abbreviated to LB, uh, oh, LGBT, gee. and the whole class, they all thought that meant lesbian, bisexual, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, lesbian, gay. And they, like... Until the end of the class, that's what they thought that abbreviation meant. Oh, like that, wow. That it's those people saying these things. And that's I was funny. Like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> they don't, they, the Jehovah's Witness would deny it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the second the second meme that I that I see here that I think Bradley's already posted is uh, it's a dispensationalist uh, meme where 
there's two buttons. One button on the left says Jesus can come back at any moment. And then the other one says we first need to re- the temple rebuilt, red, <laughs> blood, moon, earthquakes. And, he, and, he, and the guy is just sweating it out. He don't know which button to mash. <laughs> yeah, it's like a superhero meme. Yeah, if you, if you, yeah. You can look at it on Facebook. So and then there was there another one that I that I missed out on. No, I, that I just posted the stuff about. We just posted those two. Kenneth Copeland. Okay. Oh yeah, I guess there's some there's some more memes on Kenneth Copeland. But anyway, uh, that's it for today's show. We appreciate uh, all the love and support that we're back. Share it with people so we can get more views and or more listens. So maybe more people can learn about Christ and and, and theology. So anyway, thanks again. We'll see you later next time. Goodbye.